Gamers on the Go, a podcast dedicated solely to those games you can take with you. I'm your host, Chase Kenneke. Today's show is on Oxenfree, and I have two illustrious guests with me today. One you might be very familiar with, because he's been on the show a number of times before, and that is Pierce Corshane. Hi, Pierce. Oh, good to be back. Good to have you back. Uh, what was the last episode you were on? Do you remember? We did the year-end episode. That's true. And then Waka Melee, I think, was before that. Uh, correct, yeah. Yeah, so. Uh, Pierce is, yeah, regular regular person on the show. He's uh, Sound Shapes we did. Uh, Tetris, I remember you coming a on. Great, I, it's, that's the greatest hits of Games on the Go right there. Oh, absolutely. Just be yeah, all me. Totally. Oh, absolutely. It's the Pierce Corshane hour, really, is, is what we're looking for. And and you were also, you and your brother were on uh, Pokemon Red and Blue, which I think is a really early episode, like yeah. episode 10 or something. That's some OG shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, and an- I have another guest, too. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> uh, Bobby Pease. Hi, Bobby. Hey, how's it going? So, Bobby, you have been on one episode before. Yes. And that was Monument Valley. Uh, but... For for listeners of Gamers on the Go, Bobby and I also do another podcast together called The Casual Hour, which we've been doing for oh, two years now. Coming up on two, two years. years. Yeah. So, two years uh, too that's, long. Oh, very much so. Like, we're sick of each other. But I thought, you know, we'd at least get you on for this podcast because we're going to talk about Oxenfree. But before we do, I think it's only right for me to to make this joke happen that I've told Pierce about two months ago. Oh, no. (laughs) And I... Skip ahead, dear listeners. (laughs) I think we need to talk about another game first before we talk about Oxenfree. Okay. And that is uh, PlayStation Vita, and uh, I think it's on PS4, and certainly on PC. Uh, We need to talk about Ali Ali, which is a skateboarding game. And... That game, yeah, that game's pretty good. Yeah, I love it. Please Ollie get Ollie. to the punchline, Chase. Okay, so this will be an Ali Ali Oxen Free podcast. Oh, no. I'm I the fucking believe, worst. I can't believe I was complicit in that. I, Bobby, <laughs> I've known about that for weeks. And he has, and he told me, hey, to. it's not as funny as you think it is, and I thought it was hilarious. I thought that me having somewhat of a positive, maybe more of a neutral <laughs> outlook on this game was going to be the hardest part of the show, but now I feel a lot better because I can take a backseat to that joke. And uh, anything from here on out is just going to be easy for me. I hate being a professional writer because this is the kind of shit that goes through my brain. Hey, this is the rock you push, huh? Uh, It totally is. The Sisyphean task of creating this podcast. Um, So no, we're not going to talk about Ali Ali, although I very much like that game. And it's sequel, Ali Ali 2, um, out now on PlayStation Vita, the best... The best of consoles. Undisputed. Yep. <laughs> I would disagree um, with that, too. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about Oxenfree, which is a game that originally released in 2016, January 15th, 2016, to be exact. Although uh, it wasn't a portable game then. It wasn't a game on the go at the time. I believe it started on PC and, and consoles. But the reason we're talking about it here is because I played, and Pierce, did you play it on this platform too? I did, yep. Okay. Uh, We played it on the Nintendo Switch, which we've decided is undisputedly a handheld video game console. Yeah. If you want it to be. Yeah. Uh, And that version released October 6th of 2017. So, yeah. Oxenfree. Um, Justified it, yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bobby, you you played Oxenfree on a non-handheld platform, right? Yeah, I played this on the PlayStation uh, because that was the most accessible way at the time. Now, it did go to iOS shortly after that. Um, I can't mm. remember exactly when, but there is a port for uh, iOS that I I want to say is normally 10 bucks, but it's been anywhere from 5 to $3. I believe it's on Android as well. I think so, point. yeah. So uh, lots of lots of different places to play. A couple of handheld <clears throat> variants, if you if you prefer. Uh, to to give you a, a step back on what this game is, this is a, a 2.5D adventure game. Uh, it's it's like a really pulled back perspective. Uh, there's a lot of dialogue. You're solving mm, solving puzzles is is a stretch. It's a, it's exploration. Sure, yeah, I wouldn't say a, it's a puzzle a game as much as it is just like character character interaction. It's almost like a choose your own adventure, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's all fair. Uh, this game was developed by Night School Studios, which uh, has not done a lot. They're a relatively new studio out there. Um, the only other game credit they have is, other than Oxen Free, is um, a Mr. Robot iOS game thing. Game is probably too much but the game um, we all know and love yeah absolutely are you guys big fans of the hit usa television network show mr robot i'm not but i I am a fan of the game have you actually played this game okay i didn't think so (laughs) i haven't played the game but i've seen the show uh, and i I really like the show quite a bit uh i enjoy the show uh, kind of occasionally um it it bothers me occasionally as well but uh this game i i did watch some footage it seems kind of interesting it's uh it's it's not the first game to do this but it's one of those games that's on a phone that makes it feel like it's a phone yeah and and you play around on the different apps and things on the phone and you're answering text messages and the idea is that you picked up this this random phone off the ground and now somebody's texting you about how you stole their phone and you need to be complicit now into my hacker shit that I'm doing. And I didn't watch that much, but I watched enough to think like, <laughs> oh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, it's kind it's kind of like a fake ARG, maybe. It's a better way to describe it. Uh, eh, I don't know. It, it's fine. And I think it was actually developed in partnership with Telltale Games, uh, which is kind of an interesting combination for, for a game like that. But we're here to talk about Oxenfree, and, and like we said, it's a kind of a 2.5D adventure game uh, that's made by Night School Studios. And Night School Studios, interestingly enough, is founded by two cousins who both were randomly kind of in different spaces in the game industry and always wanted to do a project together and then decided, like, hey, why don't we just have a studio together? And and that's pretty cool. I do not have their names written down. It would have been really smart of me to write those write those down, uh, but I did not. <laughs> Still, you can look it up. Who I could, uh, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> the listener can look it up. Um, and, and the idea here is is that they when they were talking about Oxenfree, it started as this kind of walking talking simulator where the characters uh, wouldn't just walk into a trigger and then stop and dialogue would happen that that's kind of what happens with a lot of games but the idea is that they really wanted it to be something where the the action stayed with it you didn't just get to a cutscene and then watch the cutscene and now you go back to playing the game it's 
it's kind of a melding of those two things. And I mean, there are other games that have done things similar to this. Like the the one that the famous example I can think of is Gears of War, where mm-hmm. they would blow your character down and he'd put his two fingers in his ears and he'd say, "Hey, Anya, what what what's what's going on?" <laughs> That's my John DiMaggio voice, uh, and it's a it's a very fantastic one. Close, yeah. close, <laughs> believable. Uh, if you close your eyes, but, tight enough. Oh uh, yeah, I can see I, that. I think more seamlessly puts them together, and other than a couple of times where they. They kind of, it's a little bit like Grand Theft Auto as well, because I get this thing when, when you're in a Grand Theft Auto mission and you get in the car with somebody else and you're driving to a location, they try to put just enough dialogue to get you from one location to the next, but occasionally you are a terrible driver in, in GTA and then there's this big gap of silence, or you're too good of a driver and you get there way too quickly and they have to cut it off and, and the guy's just, oh, oh, sorry, we're here, and and then forget whatever dialogue you were supposed to hear but they don't Uh, intentionally make your dialogue cut off the story from other characters in grand theft auto though whenever you that's true that so that's the big i would say that's the biggest mechanic this game has going for it the biggest point of difference is that that you can i think the way they would like to say it is you can more naturally talk like teenagers do uh, and sometimes teenagers interrupt each other and and have different things to say i would say i don't think they nail the execution on that point but i can appreciate what they're trying to do for sure, sure. i i actually i <clears throat> i disagree with you on that one thing that the execution for me was was perfect i didn't mind that we would get interrupted and you'd miss the rest of whatever the conversation was um because that did feel very natural to me i think to to have a game mechanic um influence like how teenagers speak or like, or to, to bring out like some truth in how teenagers speak is super cool and, and super unique. A lot of people rely so much on narrative and like a writer's ability to, to communicate that and to have something outside of that realm um, help with that aspect of the game was super impressive. I, I enjoyed playing around with that. I'd really like to see it implemented, implemented in a lot of other games. I think the, the issue that I that I had more, and this is getting a little bit into the weeds. I know we're still relatively early, but we're we're gonna, I guess, spoiler warning. I, I suppose it's always a spoiler warning with gamers on the go. We we talk about everything with these games. So if at any one time you feel like, oh, I need to play this game, uh, then probably you want to jump out. Although if you want to listen to me and Pierce talk about it, maybe you won't. Want to play it. <laughs> <laughs> just just a just a hunch I have. Um, but one of the things is that. When I'm interrupting somebody, say I'm watching Pierce on a Skype call uh, during a podcast and I see he's talking and and I really don't care what he has to say, but I really I'm trying to be polite and I'm going to wait for him to to make a slight break. Maybe he's not even finished talking, but I will wait for a slight break. And I don't think Oxenfree's writing and dialogue allows for that. There's they, they just seems like it's written in a way that all video games are written of we need to get all this dialogue out right now. And there's, there's no time for pauses because that's not what the players into. We need to have them talk and speak and give you all this dialogue and information. And then they're done. And then you have this added mechanic of now I can talk over these people, but I never felt like there was a good time to cut in with my own thing. And so I would wait until they're 
done talking or until they get to a point where they can kind of be done talking. And at that point, the options that you have for dialogue start to go away. And they go away fast. So if you miss it, you miss it. And then you just say nothing for that interaction. And it is nice that at least the, the characters will to, will react to that non-reaction. That, that's, that's a good thing. There were some interesting uh, things with that, like how you would line up the dialogue, though, because to all of our points here, yeah, it'll do a very natural way of interjecting, which I, I think worked well in some cases. There might have been a time that I wanted to interject something in the game, but it would just make its own decision to queue it up and to have it go after something. So there was a hard time for me to understand, like, Am I going to interrupt? Am I going to cue this up? Or am I going to wait in silence? And that got to be a little irritating at times because maybe some shit was going down that I wanted to get done with. So I'm trying to get through it, but it's like, no, you got to wait this time. Right. And, and, and my other issue is, my other issue is just, it's not the way we've been, we've been conditioned to play games. And, and not that that's a super important point because we can change our, our perspectives all the time. And I like to be challenged, so that's that's not a problem. But the way video games have conditioned play is that I want to listen to that dialogue because it might contain a hint or something that I could find useful to play the game with. And when you give me the option to interrupt, that means I'm actively not going to listen to part of a dialogue sequence. And then I miss out as a player. I don't get the rest of that exposition. I don't hear the rest of that dialogue. And now I just missed out. And and that kind of sucks for for a person who's playing games that has always thought about, oh, well, I need to go and read the, the codex, you know, things in there. I don't read the codex, but um, <laughs> but at least like I should I should listen to what this person has to say, because they might say something that's that's necessary to to what I'm doing or at least sure. pertinent to what I'm doing. So, yeah, Um I think the best way to describe this game, if we're going to use some very reductive terminology, is this is kind of sword and sorcery meets limbo meets The Walking Dead. I think that's fair? Yeah, no, I agree with all that. Yeah, I think it's a game that Telltale never made, but maybe has some loose connection to it in a weird way. Like I know that they had nothing to do with it, but it feels like a game that they could have made. Uh, not exactly. I think there are some former Telltale people at Night School Studios. I think actually one of those founders used to be at, at Telltale. Uh, so, so there definitely is some Telltale blood in there, and I think that's probably why they they were able to work with Telltale for the Mr. Robot game. Uh, so, so yeah, I, I think there is a, a clear pedigree from from those Telltale games to this style of game that does a relatively similar thing in a in a more indie space for sure. sure. This this game certainly feels like it goes right along with with other indie darling hits. Yeah. Uh, in terms of size and scope and that kind of thing. Um, so, Oxenfree story. You are you're Alex. You are a teenager, early twenties. Uh, no, she's, she's, she's like in high school. school. Yeah, yeah, she's like a senior too. or something like that. Yeah, they're talking about the prom occasionally. Um, so you're you are going out or being dragged out to this island, uh, Edwards Island, King Edwards Island. I forgot. I uh, don't know. <laughs> uh, you're being dragged out there by your friend, Ren, who sucks. It's editorializing. Uh, it is, but I also think it's very true. I think Ren is the worst character in the game by far, and that's even worse than the character you're supposed to hate, uh, which is Clarissa. 
Yes. Yeah. No, I think I, Ren Ren is grating. He's know it all. He is obviously in love with Alex. Um, even though he, is he though? Because even though he hides behind this love for another character, uh, I think we all know that in, in this like if I'm shipping some of these characters, it's it's Alex and Ren. Um, but yeah, he does he does tend to talk too much. He can get on people's nerves. But I think. If I had to take my pick out of also apparently here, just a drug addict. Yeah, I have I have some thoughts on that that I would like to address <laughs> later on. Okay, okay. As the resident drug addict here, I think he's of course just shooting up right now. Yep. Uh, put the cocaine down, Pierce. <laughs> trying to record it. Uh, um, I would agree. Yes, he so he re- was very trying the entire time. So Ren is pulling Alex and your. Uh, stepbrother Jonas to uh, to go to this island where they're going to meet all of their all of their favorite friends. Everybody's going to be there, and then nobody's there except for Clarissa, who is kind of the the bad character, I guess, or misunderstood, or she she's the one you'll probably end up hating. Although Ren is the clear one to hate, <laughs> and then Nona, who is just uh, just a perfect little child. I I, I think Nona was great. Clarissa's uh, bumping Jane along. Lane. Like we can just put that out there right now. She's Jane Lane from Daria. Like without, sure. without fault. Totally. Actually, this game is just Daria the game. It's Daria the game. Like it is Daria. Like Alex Alex just needs to throw out her her witty uh, she's not like full of witty one liners, but these teens definitely speak in a way that They teens don't speak like high schoolers, speak. I'll tell you that. <laughs> they sure as shit don't talk like high schoolers. Yeah, no. They, they, they want you to believe that they're in high school, but they're talking like you know they just got out of their first theology class in their freshman year. Is what they're talking like. Right. Yeah. I think uh, even though like Night in the Woods is uh, an older, a slightly older generation of people who are just out of college or maybe should be in college and then dropped out because they're a dumb idiot. <laughs> Again, <laughs> slight editorializing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think a game like that hits upon a more authentic voice than Oxenfree does. Oxenfree's not bad. I, I don't think the writing's terrible. Pierce, uh, I hate, I hated the writing. It like, and for as much as I was praising the mechanics of it, uh, the writing didn't do justice to the mechanics. Um, and it, you know, I, re- I read some review. I can't take credit for this, but they were talking about, I think it was a polygon review, like the original one, right when the game came out. And, they said something to the effect of like, you have all these dialogue options and it's a very dialogue heavy game, but it, it seems like they just force themselves to give you three options each time rather than just like being okay with, you know, for a long stretch of the game, you just have two options. Like this is how the character's feeling and this, this is what you get to explore. You don't get to explore beyond that. I think the game would have done better if it would have given itself a little more constraints with the dialogue um, and defined the characters a little bit better, how the writers wanted to find the characters. Um, because I, man, I like, I have a list in front of me of, of lines that are just grown inducing that oh, I can't we'll, wait we'll, to. Yes. Yeah. Well, oh, certainly. I think, we'll, we'll get to all of those. Like what's interesting for me is, is that you mentioned night in the woods earlier. So you guys played this game very recently. I was saying offline that I played this game almost a year ago. I was playing this game a year ago. I finished it on April 2nd. And so uh, before that, I hadn't played games like Night in the Woods. I hadn't played Life is Strange. And so... You played when, Firewatch. 
I played Firewatch for sure, and like that game does a much better job with dialogue. What I liked about Oxenfree was I liked the different color representation for the dialogue. And then I get into a game like Night in the Woods, and I feel like that mechanic was done a thousand times better. Um, but I think what happened is is that this game didn't age as well as some of these other games did, where it didn't stick with me because the story just wasn't... Like, at the time, it was fine. And, like, I enjoyed the game overall. Like, I, the, I got through it. But when I play these other games, they cast such a big shadow that, like, Oxenfree just gets lost in it. And right. Yeah. Let, let's get into the story a little bit because I think that'll help us give a little context as we as we continue to talk about the game. So so Ren has taken you, Alex, and or you as Alex and Jonas to this island to meet up with friends. It ends up just being Clarissa and Nona. Uh, they play a game of truth or dare that does not go very well. Uh, truth or slap. I yeah, truth or slap. Oh right, very very good point. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. You, Ren, and uh, and Jonas, or I think you have the option to take Jonas. I, I don't quite remember. Jonas was with me at the time. Can go explore this cave. And when you explore this cave, and Alex has a little radio with her because she's a she's a teen. And no, she got like a she got tipped off. I thought one of them got tipped off that like you're supposed to bring a radio to the island. Yes. Yeah. Like this cool thing that oh right okay yeah. yeah but also it felt a little it felt a little like super eight to me of, it did it did like oh yeah these kids are so into old cameras and and radios isn't that isn't that kitchen there, there is something interesting with that so i just restarted this game as i told you guys and there's an option to continue the same timeline which i was like well okay and so when you do yeah. it like it basically acts as like Men in Black happen. So, like, you have some let's, vague memories. And it's fucking weird right, let, how they talk about the tape player there. Uh, again, let's let's kind of get through the the general story. Sure. Because I, I think you just heard Timeline. And for anybody who doesn't know what Oxenfree is up to this point, I would go, wait, what? Uh, and also, as I played this game, I went, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you get to this mysterious cave. You tune into the weird radio frequency. And it sucks all of your friends into it into some sci-fi thing and i guess it's kind of an alternate timeline or some other kind of dimension almost and you walk around the island you have to find your friends and gather them up uh you creepy weird stuff happens on the island you are still tuning the radio in to get certain uh parts of the island to uh access things for you and then you find out that the island is, I guess, haunted is technically the right word here, even though they're not necessarily ghosts. Or yeah, the, I mean, they're haunted. It's not like the tradition. It's a it's a ghost story, but it's not the traditional origin story of ghosts, right. I guess. I don't know. There was, a, there was a submarine. So this island used to be a military site, and this there was a submarine that uh, somebody... The, the older woman, I forgot her name. Uh, Adler? Yeah, Maggie Adler. Uh, she messed up as a part of this military base and and sent sent some false flag up the up the chain, and it ended up that this submarine was destroyed and all the people on it died. And those people all didn't die exactly, but they're part of some weird ghosty timey wimey thing 
and now they all want to steal all of your souls or get out or both or yeah that's unclear i'm i'm realizing that there is a lost connection here yeah like there's an island and then not a lot is explained and weird shit happens on it it's like paranormal science fiction it's like it's not necessarily like horror it's not necessarily like futuristic like they deal with some weird uh i guess sci-fi predicaments but they sprinkle in are you afraid of the dark it's like my yeah. so-called life meets Are You Afraid of the Dark mixed up with Daria. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> I would say it's a tense game. I, I am I am the biggest baby around, and I do not like scary games, but this one wasn't scary. It was just occasionally Supernatural. tense. Supernatural. Yeah. And, and maybe a little off-putting, but, unsettling, but definitely scary. Yeah. yeah, unsettling. Yeah. I think that's a good word for it. Um, but But basically, and this is what happened for me anyway, uh, Alex is able to calm the ghosts in some way, rescue her friends, and then they all kind of wake up on the ferry out of there. And and then everything kind of happens again at the ending. And it starts to, to roll over of, here's this picture of all of us together on the ferry, and oh, we gotta put this picture away because Ren's calling me, I need to go to that island thing that he's talking about. And so that's the ending and now you have to presumably do the game over again because it's a time. <clears throat> <sighs> that's okay. yeah, that's oxen free. Let me let me put this out there. It's something that I mentioned on one of our recent episodes of the Casual Hour uh, that I did with Bobby. Um, I get really frustrated with games like this, like Night in the Woods, like Firewatch probably some other games fit in this too where I feel like they're going for something specific they're going for we're gonna we're gonna create this thing that that talks to young people or, or speaks to speaks in their language to these people we're gonna do something that's relatively mundane on the face of it like we're, we're just going through routines we're doing a lot of dialogue it's it's interesting to me I, I think those games are are fascinating and then it's like it's like they needed funding or they needed to sell people on this game somehow and so then they throw in just a little sci-fi just yeah you know, that'll that'll satisfy that'll satisfy those gamers out there and it just frustrates me to no end and and some games try to do it with a more deft touch i think firewatch throws in its sci-fi elements and then goes <laughs> actually they totally weren't we got you and i think that sucks in a different way uh, Night in the Woods kind of hedges its bets both ways onto some spoilers for Night in the Woods, I guess. Uh, some kind of secret cult thing that's going on that is no, maybe it, not supernatural, but definitely weirder than normal. Yeah, it, it, that also is a game that has animals in it, so right. I'm, I'm more forgiving of like. I anything so. going off the rails, but it, it's also juxtaposed with maybe the most human-sounding animals I've Absolutely. heard in a game in a while, and, and even human-sounding humans. Uh, so that bugged me a little bit. Um, so, so this game just goes well. Fuck, actually, Life is Strange is another good example of hey, it's it's teens talking, teens talking like teens, and then also hey, she can rewind time because she's a mind bender. Oh, God, I, I get why you had to do it for the mechanic and it works and all that, but 
still sucks. I, I, I just want a game to be... I agree with you, because we've talked about this, but i got to say, like, this game in particular, Oxenfree, has not held back its cards at all. In True. That like, that game starts and continues to be... And, like, all the advertising. ...about sci-fi. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. And I, and I have gotten games that, that are more what I'm talking about. We talked about... The, the reason that we were talking about this on the casual hour was because we were talking about Florence on, on iOS and eventually android or maybe it's on android now florence is awesome and is very much a real story that that feels very authentic and then um even even another game that i've recently played the uh, i need to look up the name of it packing up the rest of your stuff on the last day in your old apartment uh it's a free it's a pay what you want game on on itch itch.io and i think that game is also very real in the way that it's set up it doesn't have dialogue, but it does have writing that that feels very real and authentic. Um, I think that when you yeah, when you get a group of right. teens together, man, like they, like, I mean, for so, I was born in the '80s, and like the movies I grew up with, like there always is something that is a little out of reach from normal that you have to overcome in those films. Like we have like these buddy films of like kids going through shit. Like Goonies is probably the most grounded one, and it's still sure. out there. But, like, when you look at, like, the Spielberg days and, like, all that shit with, like, science fiction or ghosts or, like, you know, aliens of some degree. Like, there's always that catch. And, like, in the Stranger Things realm of things now, like, you gotta... <laughs> it's a safe bet. And I understand where your frustration comes from. I don't know if that ship is gonna slow down anytime soon, though, just because it's a cash cow again. Or has No, been. certainly. And, and there is a thing with... Like, television puts you so much more into real situations. So when they do some sci-fi stuff, okay, that's kind of a subgenre stuff. Games seem to do so much sci-fi or fantasy or we're going to put you in these incredible situations right. that that when a game starts to get to that point of, hey, we're doing something a little more real and then they give up on that or they they uh, bow down to, to some of that weirdness again, it just kind of bumps me out. Like the, the most famous example to me is Assassin's Creed. Like Assassin's yeah. Creed is a game set in the Middle East, and and we're gonna do some some interesting Middle East stuff. And yeah, there's some weird stuff in the Middle Eastern part, but Ubisoft was not going to pony up for for some weird Middle Eastern game. Like that that was not the world that we lived in when that game came out. So the team had to throw a little bit of sci-fi on it. It's also set in the in the near future or future. And we've got these weird things that can go into your ancestors' brains. And, and now we've got all this other bullshit to deal with. And that's the way they sold it. And it was really cool at the start. And, and I thought some of that stuff was actually kind of interesting. And, and then, thankfully, as that game series has gotten more popular over time, I think Ubisoft's been, been more than okay with just getting the historical elements out there. Bobby, you played the newest one, um, yeah. Assassin's Creed Origins, and that one barely has any future present-day stuff at all, right? It's mostly um, in Egypt. It picks up a bit more, and that game gets really weird um, yeah. in some of its latest, Well, like, true. Like, that game weird. has, like, gods and things that you fight in the desert, so yeah, undead there's, some, shit. there's some weird Egyptian shit in there, too. But Ubisoft it, is still it, weird to anybody who's keeping the, the score. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Ubisoft never stopped. Last one is. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Yeah, I'm looking over my notes here. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that you mentioned Daria Bobby because I did have it in my notes that that it gave me very much a vibe. Like Clarissa specifically is just she just hates kind of everything, and it's somewhat understandable. I, one one thing that we haven't mentioned about this game is that Alex had a a a biological brother. I know Jonas is her stepbrother, but uh, she had a biological brother named Michael, and Michael died. Uh, Michael actually went swimming with. Alex near Edwards Island mm-hmm. and and died and at the time Michael was dating Clarissa so Clarissa is one pretty shaken up and pissed off about that and then specifically pissed off at Alex who she feels uh, kind of forced Michael to go swimming with her uh, just as Michael was about to get out and go to college or, or leave town and whatever uh, and that really puts a damper on things when when you die so clarissa kind of is is shitty about that yeah Uh, she blames alex for it totally totally uh so let's talk a little bit more about mechanics of the game We, we talked about the radio in how in how it works into the story but the the radio i think is your main mechanic throughout the game other than dialogue when you're when you're not picking dialogue options, you are going to little piles of rocks, or you're going to specific places on the island where you need to tune the radio into certain stations to make things happen. And and I thought the radio was a relatively interesting mechanic to to make that work. What what did you guys think of the radio? Um, I I found it interesting at first, especially when you're still kind of peeling back the layers of this grander story that they're kind of hinting at. Um, but as the game progressed, it became very repetitive and, mm-hmm. and there wasn't, any, there wasn't really anything more to it. Like Chase, you and I talked about this, but halfway through, they give you access to more channels. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say, but Pierce, what do you, what do you think about even more radio? I, it's, yeah. It's just like, well, I'm just, it's just taking longer to cycle through all this. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was fun. I wish they leaned off of it later yeah. on in the game. I think less would be much more. There was an interesting thing on the PS4, and again, like, this is pure gimmick, but the the light bar on your DualShock would change as you tuned in to the frequency that you needed. And so you had this nice indicator. So I, I played this game uh, pretty much in a darker environment. Uh, and so having that, like, as it lights up a, a good amount in front of you, I thought that was a neat touch. Um, but again, like, would I say that you have to have that to enjoy that mechanic? Or does it make it any better? No, it's just something I observed and playing this on PlayStation versus other platforms. Right, it's a dumb gimmick, but it's a gimmick I can kind of appreciate. So, so in the PS4 version, does it actually change colors at all? The the radio signals itself. Well, so I mean, whenever you tune into like the, I guess the demonic or the the poltergeist esque frequency uh-huh. when it would go red, uh, you would get a red bar. Oh, but it would still be red on the screen? It wouldn't just be on your controller? Yeah, it's both. So, okay. like, you would oh. have... Like, if you were somebody... I, I don't think you can turn the light off completely. I think you can turn it down on the controllers now. But, like, I have mine up full full blast, and it was with the screen as well. Okay. Yeah, on, on the Switch, all you get is the, the red or green colors. Does it have on. the HD rumble for that? Do you remember... God, uh, HD rumble is such a stupid thing. Uh, there is definitely <laughs> rumble in this game. Yeah. Um, you can. I think I might have turned it off because I think whenever you pick a dialogue option, it also gives you a little rumble. Got it. If okay. I remember right, I, I think there was just oh, too much rumble it? for me. 
I don't know. Right, because you get Thank a pretty you, good right. shake on the DualShock whenever you get close to the frequency, and then when you get on it, it shakes the yeah. shit out of that controller. Okay, yeah, then that that is, yeah, that is the case. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I found the radio interesting, not, not necessarily from this more story uses of it, but there are specific places on the island where you can, little piles of rocks where you can tune in and hear like super jumbly things that aren't, that again, don't seem pertinent to the story, but they kind of help to, to expand on things that are happening. They're a little cryptic, but then there are these other ones that are, that now that's, that this military base has been decommissioned, there is now like tour tour guides, walking tours where they have specific points where you can tune in the radio and hear a little bit more about what this building was used for and, and that kind of stuff. I found that to be really interesting of just a backstory park walking simulator. And there was even one time that I felt so good about it because they were telling me about uh, a nuclear uh, bunker and what it was used for and how how it worked where you needed to have one call signal from another, one place and then another call signal from another place before it would open. And I thought, oh, that's interesting and also probably something I'll need to remember for future future use in the game. That just, okay, cool. And then a story point comes up where, yeah, you're going to need to go into that nuclear bunker. And I thought, all right, cool. This is the time where my character will say, well, oh, I, I heard that on the radio. This is what we have to do. And before any of that even happens, just one character who was not with me at the time to hear that radio thing happen pipes up and goes, oh, yeah, uh, it says here you got to go from this one place and this other place. And of course it was Ren, because fuck Ren. But also, hey, I just, it's like, wait a minute. This, this is the one time I could feel smart as a player that I engaged with your story and your environment more. And then you just gave me the answer anyway. This, that's... Oh, it was so lame. It really, it really hurt my enjoyment of a game that I was otherwise also not enjoying. <laughs> that 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 is um, that happens a lot in this game in many different ways. But it it is very much like a a tell don't show game mm-hmm. where it's just gonna beat you over the head with what you need to do over and over again. Even like even some more simple things like there's a gate that you're supposed to unlock um, using the radio, and if you don't do it quick enough, all of the characters start reminding you to do it right um to the point where like if you were just to put put it down it's it's this cacophony like the 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 standing in the jungle of just this wave after wave of them being like gotta open the gate gotta open come on like open the gate and there's it's it's unnecessary yeah 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 Yeah. the the game does so the one thing that when i was playing it and even when i was like fully aware of what was happening at the time like i was enjoying this game i had not seen these other entities yet i was really put off by how much the game slowed my progression down from moving from point a to point b like i did not appreciate that mechanic so to go back to the mechanics of it like you mentioned it was a two and a half d so you're scaling basically these crossbacks like to the next point and there's a bit of redundancy of like going back and forth through it and the i i get it i mean it's a mechanic they put in there to make the dialogue last longer between who you were with those. And it's great going one way, where right. I'm going one way with a character, and it feels like right. all the dialogue has been perfectly tailored, so I can get from point A to point B. Great. And then you have to walk back, 
or maybe you because because it is kind of a big circle or a big uh, web of right. different ways you can go. So I chose to go back another way that I don't know if that was the story way to go back, and it was just a lot of silence. Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like if you don't have these cues for it, or like what was even more infuriating at the time was like you would get to the point where you're like, okay, I've been walking forever. I got to my exit, but there's still a conversation happening that you have to wait for now and let that catch up to where you're at. And I don't know how that would get off or if that was something I did in the game because I don't think that's how it should have went. But there was times where you would be where you'd have like the arrow going, go this way and then that way and you'd be waiting for the dialogue bubbles to finish. And that was an annoyance for me, for sure. Totally. I mean... Part of me wants to say making games is hard because it absolutely is. Right. And to tailor it for the full game is, I'm sure, a Herculean task. But at the same time, the dialogue is what you're selling people on. And to have issues with the dialogue, I, it's, it's something that I, it's, it's I don't It's the only thing me. in the game. I mean, like, it you, is, barely, yeah. you barely use the radio. So, I mean, like, for the game, if you have, like, even, like, I'm making a very small gesture here, like, issues <laughs> with the dialogue in this game, you're going to hate it. Because that's all yeah. it is. Like, it's yeah. nothing more than just select this to get this outcome and then deal with the outcome of that. That's all it is. Yep. So let's talk about something good about the game, which uh, is, I, I think, the art. I think the art great. is... It's a beautiful game. Yeah. Pretty good. And what what disappoints me about the art is that... <laughs> see, I'm even trying to say something nice and I'm going negative. But uh, because I think the art looks so good... They zoom out way yeah. too far in this game, and I barely get to see and appreciate any of the nice touches. Like when you go into Maggie Adler's house uh, right. about halfway through the game, two thirds of the way through the game, it's very detailed. There's a bunch of stuff on the shelves, on her tables. Uh, it it looks like a rich place that somebody worked very hard on to make look pretty, and it's so zoomed out that I can barely make out what these things are. And then it gets doubly bad because they put a puzzle, like one of the, one of the only real puzzles in this game in that house where the ghosts make you pick up different objects. And because you're so zoomed out, you can't actually see those fucking objects and the clues don't mean anything at that point because I can't make out what any of the objects were. I was supposed to find a TV and I went to a window because it looked like it had a kind of screen to it. But no, the TV was actually very over easy here to make in life. How, how'd you miss it? Dumb <laughs> this character died because of that. And I went, oh, no, what? And she didn't actually die. But yeah, uh, no, I did the same but, thing. Yeah. And There's, it's playing on the switch undocked is doesn't do it at any services. No, right. Like, I can imagine that. Yeah. And I held it very close to my face. I know. So, yeah. Chase, I was telling you, I'm playing a game called Crossing Souls right now, Pierce. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. It's mm-hmm. it's a pixel-based game, so I mean, like, it's very muddy, like, when you get up close to it. But um, one thing I was telling Chase on one of the episodes of The Casual that I appreciated is, is that the environment, like, there might be a poster on the wall that looks sh- like shit, but when you interact with it, it pulls it out and, like, gives you, like, a nice, really pretty... Um, pixel graphic poster and so i think that this game would have benefited from something like if there is something in the environment that you interact with maybe it does that where it like you know blurs the background pulls out into focus and shows you something you can interact with uh, because I've and they almost that. do it yeah i mean they almost bit. do it a couple times there is there's a photo mechanic it's not even a mechanic because you don't get to choose really when photos get taken but there's i think six to eight 
different points of the story where somebody yeah. says, hey, let's take a selfie. Right. And and then those photos uh, show up and, and you get that's your one time to really see the characters up close. And you go, oh, that, that art's nice. Wish I get to see. I wish I got to see a little bit more of that. Right. But no, nope, let's let's zoom way back out and uh, oh. and bum me out some more. Oh, do you boy. like the? Did you guys like the soundtrack or the the audio engineering of the game? I I did. Yeah, I, I found the 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 music a little uh, it was a little derivative in some ways, but it also was a little too upbeat in yeah. in some really like off putting situations where there's just this kind of tonal clash. Um, but if I were to like, I was like at work one day and I wanted to listen to some cool, like kind of, you know, synth pop, I would totally throw it on. There is a, there's a five part documentary that I watched. Documentary is a little strong of a word. It's, it's more like a self-congratulatory, uh, dev diary thing, but, and and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and it actually has some good information in it. And one of the five, I think it actually is the fifth, uh, part of the documentary is about the music and they talk to the audio engineer and he's showing you the, the old radios that he bought specifically to make this game. And it felt very much, they, they might even reference the, the lightsaber sounds from star Wars, where this is some practical stuff of, Hey, if you, if you plug in this shitty $5 uh, headphone into this really crazy $300 machine, it makes this weird sound, and now I'm able to amplify and change that sound a little bit with these other things. And uh, hearing how the sound was made was was fascinating, even if I, I don't think the music is necessarily my favorite thing. But I, I did really appreciate at least how it was yeah, made. I think the game needs to be experienced with headphones on, quite honestly. Um, it, without that, like even, like I have a pretty nice sound system for my TV, and uh, it was a lot more impactful with headphones on especially with some of those frequencies that might get lost. Because when you're tuning through the radio, sometimes there's some really weird shit that you hear. And not, I, I don't like to be scared. I don't like that shit either. But um, there's some neat things that you do get uh, from a sensory overload, quite quite honestly, with like all the lights and shit change on the screen and having that experience from an immersion standpoint. That is something that I, I really did appreciate about uh, about the game is that like when the screen would... Like just go fuzzy or like, yeah, like you you get the loop some yeah like the VCR the glitch and stuff yeah. yeah that I I like even when I knew that it was coming and even when I knew like logically like oh like other other things have done this like movies have done this games have done this it still it still got me every time there was still something that just kind of made my skin crawl and I'm with you guys I don't really like to be scared but for a game that I was disliking so much to still give me that sense of fear of of um danger it is pretty impressive actually and that's i think one of the few things i did like about the game yeah because the, the dialogue wasn't doing a great job of bringing you in so anything that could remove you yeah from that, obviously <laughs> yeah. it's going to be amplified a bit yeah, yeah exactly so, so this game has multiple endings i think that's one of uh, another one of the the feathers in the cap of this game that that you can, as Alex, you can make some decisions in your dialogue or Mm -hmm. make some decisions on what things you interact with that can change the way the game works. And I think really there are, I think there are three main uh, points that can change about the game. There might be more, but, but three that I definitely pulled out from, from my playthrough and hearing about other people's playthroughs. Uh, There might be a way for just, just Alex to leave the Island and nobody else, everyone dies or something. 
Uh, that might be an option. I don't know. Uh, but I have three questions for you guys. Uh, one, how, how'd Clarissa do in your game? Oh, I, I sacrificed her to the submarine god. We just got, and part of it was that I was I was so fed up with the game about three-fourths of the way through that I wanted to make Alex as shitty of a person as possible. <laughs> and so whatever dialogue options were available to me, I'd just pick the most selfish one and, and just see where it took me. And that ended up being like when them coming, the, the spirits or poltergeists, whatever you want to call them, when they came to you and were like, we'll offer you a deal, we'll take Cl- Clarissa and you guys can all leave. I was like, sign me up, that sounds great. So... <laughs> I I want to say that I this is terrible. Like I don't even remember. Like that's right, it's been a while for you. I, it's been I a while. I I know like I know a few elements of it, but I'm trying to think. I did try to save as many people as I could, and even though she was being just downright cruel, and I didn't give a shit about her, I was trying to like salvage as much as I could there. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. remember if I saved her or not. Uh, she lived in my version. Uh, she, I I just couldn't. It felt like I, I, I did it for Nona, honestly. Like Nona and Clarissa were friends, and like I, I like Nona, and Nona didn't deserve any of this bad shit that was happening to her. So at least save her friend. That's that was the deal we made. I do think and I saved her. If I if I had to like really pinpoint, I think I did. There's a really hard conversation that I had, and I think everybody has to have at, at this point of the game. It's it's relatively early. Um, the first person I went after was Clarissa because it seemed like she was really in trouble. Ren, Ren is also saying like, "Hey, can you come and help me?" And it's like, "Ren's fine." Also, fuck Ren. I don't want to hear his shit all the time. Um, so I went to go save Clarissa first, and it didn't go very well. She uh, she jumped off a building and died. Yeah, um, that happened to me. Yeah. Seems seems bad. Uh, so as I was going to find Ren, or even right after I found Ren, I ran into Nona. And Nona uh, was a little freaked out because some time bullshit has happened around her at the time. And uh, but then she does ask, like, hey, how's Clarissa? Have you seen Clarissa? And at first I didn't say anything. It gives you the option to just say, yeah, dude, she's dead. Sorry. Um, And I'm like, I mean, there's so many weird things that are going on right now. Like, let's not tell her her friend died, especially when she's so high strung at this point let's let's wait for something to calm down a little bit let's all get to the to the radio tower or something and then i can spring the news and when i did she she didn't take it very well um <laughs> uh, so so again like i i wanted to say clarissa at that point um wait, i want to go i want to go back to that real quick so sure. I, I did the opposite i did ren first uh and then i i have a soft spot in my heart for Ren and and I also right. thought like for that I thought like Alex like they're sort of, they're like best friends so maybe go with that anyway I did Ren and then you run into Nona and she's she asks the same thing about Clarissa but you don't know Clarissa sure. yet and then I did Cl- Clarissa so the the uh, military base is like spooky to begin with it's abandoned there's beds everywhere yeah um, which they always reference they always like point it out like that's weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think but before you find Clarissa, you have the weird experience with the mirror. Um, yes. So that there's like there's like someone, you, talking to yourself, um, but it has a separate dialogue option. So that was unsettling. And then you go up to the, to the second story and you, and you find Clarissa. And I, th- I thought the game was going to do 
better than it did. But it was it was a hint at something greater. Is they were going to kind of talk about like suicide in in this. And I was hoping they talk about suicide just in general and kind of dig into that and explore that, especially in, in teenagers. Like, yeah, I had a friend sure. that, yeah, like I had a friend that committed suicide when we were sixteen, and so like it, it's something that would resonate with me. And they, it was kind of a missed opportunity because they don't, they kind of they wash over it, especially if Clarissa's the last one. It's kind of like, okay, we got to go to the next place. Right. Um, and I. I I, I hate that the more we talk about this game, the more I kind of like it and remember the things I like about it because that was like a brief moment where I was like, maybe this game is saying something. Maybe there, maybe there is something to these relationships and that Clarissa is killing herself, but and you hate her, but like it's, it's like this reality that sometimes comes rushing into a teenager's life that you are not equipped to deal with, but you need to deal with anyway. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the real, my real issue with the game is that there are things I genuinely do like about this game yeah. and it makes it makes the things I don't like stand out that much more. Yeah. And, and I just remember a general frustration and malaise as I played it pretty much the entire time. And that really bummed me out because there, because there were parts that are really, really cool. Um, okay. Let me ask you a second question here about our endings. Um, what's up with Ren and Nona? They're together. Cute. Uh, I think I like, I spilled the beans for Ren that he loves Nona, and then oh, I did too, like immediately, and he was very pissed with me. And I yeah, went, ah, sorry, but dude. I don't remember them being together, so I don't know if that materialized in anything. Okay, well, they got together in my I, in mind as well. So I had like this guilt because I really didn't pay much attention to this guy, Ren, during my mm-hmm. gameplay, and there were some hard conversations there where he's like, "You've been a shitty friend," and like to your point earlier, Pierce, about, like, this is somebody that you've grown up with, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, I got this stepbrother, or I'm trying to solve this shit with a girl who doesn't really care about me. Like, I just kind of put this guy out there, probably because we tend to neglect the relationships that are the safe ones, you know? Like, oh, that's good, I don't need to put a lot into it. And so, I, to be very forthcoming, put a little bit of my own self into that realm. It's like, that's a safe bet. I need to focus on these that are new or difficult. And That's so, why Bobby never talks to me. He's like, oh, that that Chase, he's fine. <laughs> Quite honestly, no, the last no few days, I'm like, there. I'm like, I haven't heard anything from Chase for a few days. Um, anyway, so like, I was like, I got to do something good for this guy. I want to get him with the girl that obviously he likes. So I remember trying to steer things back that way after neglecting him the entire game. Although to Pierce's point, yeah. the girl he really likes is Alex. It's true. It's true. Might as well call him Ducky. Uh, um, I I feel like I would take it back if I could. Uh, I, I did put them together, but thinking back on the game and how Ren annoys me a little bit as a person, and also is kind of a fuck up. Like that that dude Pierce. This is where we get to talk about drugs. Um, yeah, that dude got fucking high in a very high pressure situation. What the fuck, dude? Okay, so. I'm glad we get to talk about drugs. Uh, as as the cocaine sort God, if this was only heroin uh, shooter upper. If this was only an just, episode of the Casual Hour, we would have our title right here. I'm glad yes. we get to talk about. <laughs> I'm glad we get to talk about drugs. This right. <laughs> uh, okay, so I had a couple issues with it. One, when you first go into the cave, he he eats. Um, I, I wrote it down. It was a brownie, the, but he called it. Yeah, a brownie. But they call it, what do they call it? A cupcake. 
Call it a cupcake. That's what yeah, they call it the cupcake. <laughs> Whatever it is, they don't they don't just call it like it is. Like right. just just say like, hey, this is like I laced this brownie with pot i'm i'm gonna get high or, this or is a sh- mary jane pastry if you yeah know what just I mean. like this just one's go chock full of the devil's lettuce <laughs> <laughs> i mean this is, this is better dialogue than this whole game has <laughs> um just just call it like it is and just like he you know he is obviously comfortable enough to bring it with him he's not gonna like beat around the bush about what he's doing and his friends clearly know what he's doing he's more about beating around the cush am i right hey yeah, hey, hey. Uh, there's that, there's uh, that writer we all know and love. Gunfingers. Um, <laughs> Titles for days. Yeah. So that that pissed me off. Um, you have this weird supernatural experience. You guys all get separated when you reconvene. Um, you talk for a little bit, and then you get separated again, and then you reconvene again. And he takes the second brownie, which doesn't make any sense. Like logically, like if you were if you had this really scary experience, you wouldn't dip back into to that trip right it's not a it's not a safety blanket he's not dulling his senses exactly he's if anything he's going to probably hallucinate worse and make things even even worse on himself exactly yeah and like he had such a traumatizing experience that first time and he explains it as much it it, it was it was my one of my problems with the dialogue is that there is a there's a disconnect there um But the, there, there are two. There's two lines that I just hated so much in this game. Okay, and hit me with them. The first, the the first one was unrelated to the drug part, but it's when you run into Nona again. She says, "This night has turned banana bread," which it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, that's a, that's a bad line. That's a, that's it just that's cringy. Bad. Yeah, that's. Bad. But I like that. I like the voice actress enough that I was okay with it because she sounded she sounded sweet when she said it. She did sound sweet. Um, the second one though. Is when you, you and you and uh, Jonas, so Alex and Jonas run into Ren the second time. He takes it. He's like, oh, he's rambling or something. I, like he's, he's not having a good trip. Surprise. Um, and what Alex says is, what you're wis- witnessing is a patented Ren style drug freak out. He'll come to in about five hours and want orange juice and nachos, which is like, it's not how drugs work. And like what he's experiencing. Is, is more serious than that. And it's also like what you're experiencing is more serious than that. And your solution, orange juice and, and nachos, probably not going to get that no. um, on this remote island. So like, what's what's the point of that? It just it just came across as as something that was completely inauthentic to the characters and, and inauthentic to the experience. Right. That felt like a Daria moment there, where it's cool. like, that's, that's some kind of wry sarcastic thing that somebody just doesn't really yeah like i'll be very forthcoming like i've smoked a fair amount of weed in my life like and that's about (laughs) it okay like that's that's kind of where i draw the line but i've been around people that wanted to do other things and expand their perspective on things a bit more as a friend when you have somebody who's going to do something like that like there's usually some plans in place like hey if this goes sideways like I want you to be there. So, like, I had friends who did mushrooms. And, like, if they were going to be tripping balls and doing something crazy, like, they needed to have somebody there to kind of guide them back to, to normalcy or, or normalcy. Or at least be a resource of, like, safe. Like, I'm a safe person. Not to mention, like, I don't think that anybody in their right mind would do a psychedelic in an area that they weren't familiar with or that they couldn't predict. And so, like, 
yeah. not to get like meta on like drug use or like really like celebrate drug use, but there's some big gaps here on like how friends work in those situations. Yeah, and I don't think it's uh, we're not being like ah, oh, you should be more authentic to drug use. I think it's it is a, a larger problem that affects this entire script in that there are instances like that that it just completely betrays the experience, the actual experience that it's probably based on. Because it's so, it just never rings true. There's just, there's not enough um, earnestness and like really understanding and empathy in, in what they're writing about in some ways. So the drug thing is just is easy to point out because it's so wrong, so obvious. Right, so obvious. Yeah. Uh, let, let me put it out one counterpoint though. Sure. Ren sucks. So of oh, course, nice. do well, something like that. Yeah, you I got mean, me I, there. I didn't really yeah. care for like how he acted by any means, but my if this guy's over there in the corner like seeing wow. shit, like maybe maybe give that guy something cold to drink or warm to drink and you know let him know he's safe. And, and also what like really pisses me off is this fucking know it all. Like if he was if he was sober, maybe he could be helpful to our situation. And instead he's out there not knowing like where his hand is. Like that's uh <laughs> Okay, final question about the ending. Sure. Um, did Michael, Alex's brother who died years ago, years, oh. at least at least a year, if not longer, um, he's been dead for a while. Yeah. Is 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 he alive now? Again, like this is terrible. No. I don't fully remember, but I want to say no. Like I don't so, think I was able, I did that. Did you? Bobby, did you go to your like childhood home and have a conversation with him? Yeah, you remember that at all? Okay, because that's that's all I that's all I saw was like yeah, you, you like like it fades in and out, and then you come to and you you walk around the house for a little bit and talk to him. Like what? Oh, he wasn't on the ferry with you at the end. He was not. No. Oh, okay. Well, I thought Pierce got the super secret ending before. I did not. But it turns out he's just he's just a regular Joe oh, like the rest of us. Just a um, regular Clarissa killing Joe. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the game does allow you to talk to Michael in, in situations. It kind of puts you in a, a pseudo flashback where it does time loops and you are current Alex, but you are in old Alex's body and talking to Michael. And you get to do you do get to have some conversations with him about his relationship with Clarissa and whether he should keep doing that or whether he should stay stay in town or if he should leave and go to college at a, at a better school uh, or if he should just run away with Clarissa and start a new life and say fuck it. And there's apparent apparently the secret ending. I, I, Michael was not alive in my ending either. But apparently the secret ending of this game, uh, when you have that conversation, you're supposed to be super selfish and tell Michael don't leave and don't like don't follow your dreams. Don't don't do. Like, don't be cool. Don't don't go out and and do the thing that you want to do. You should stay here because I want you to stay here. And he's like, yeah, okay, okay, I guess so. And then you also have to do some other stuff. There's there's some ways to kind of calm the the nuclear submarine ghosts, and uh, you kind of self sacrifice yourself, and and then everybody ends up being okay at the end. And then also Michael's there, and Michael, it just changes the way the game the the best ending of the game the true ending of the game is also the fucking worst it made me so angry when i watched it on youtube because i felt like i needed to to know what it was it just it changes everything michael's alive now uh he's on the ferry with you he's apparently been with you the whole night even though that's not been the case of the game 
Jonas would have to be missing, right? See, Jonas isn't missing. He's now just some random friend of Ren's. <laughs> he's he's not your stepbrother anymore because okay. your brother is still alive, which means your parents yeah. divorced, which means that he and Clarissa are still together. So Jonas is just there of like, hey, yeah, I'm just Ren's friend. And Alex, because she has experienced all of this night, is weirded out by Michael being alive. And everybody's like, haha, yeah, of course he's been alive, silly. What are you talking about? He's always been alive. Uh, because apparently now he didn't die when he went swimming with you because he wasn't going to leave because you told him to stay. I, see, uh, I, I just think that, like, so I've played a few games now that, like, deal with some mental shit. And, Pearson, you brought it up earlier. This really resonated. Like, this girl's, what, 16, 17 at most? Something she, like that, yeah. She's dealing yeah. with uh, her, like, idol, her brother, dying tragically. Her parents splitting up. You know, like, there's a lot of things here that she's dealing with. And I think that they could have gone into that and sidestep some of the paranormal stuff. Like, I mean, games like Celeste, games like, uh, I mean, even some of the stuff with Life is Strange where they deal with some of that angst and built up there. I mean, there's, there's, there's an obligation at that point in time to, to face that a bit more head on than what I think they did. And like going back and having conversations with your brother is one thing, but like having Clarissa make light of the situation, like in a game of truth and dare, like, Oh, why are you fucked up? Oh, my parents are divorced. Okay. Clap. Oh, sorry. Truth or slap. Apologies. <laughs> Truth or uh, slap. But, yeah. but you're right, though. Like that, they just it really bugged me that this ending felt so so saccharine, sweet. Of yeah, everything worked out just fine. And then Alex is over with Jonas. Like, hey, do you not remember like doing all this stuff together? And he's like, I don't know. You seem kind of cool. And she's like, you don't remember being my brother? And he's like, oh, what are you talking about? We're friends. Ah, uh, just ah. Uh. So then. To, to close the loop, you when you start up the game again, Bobby, you talked about how you can continue the yeah. same timeline you were on. When you continue, you will, and I think you only continue if you have a certain, if certain elements happened, or uh, like you're destined to repeat the whole game again unless you had certain things happen in your previous playthrough. Because if you do those things you're at a gas station before you get on the ferry getting beer or sodas or whatever. Right. And, uh, Alex is playing with the radio and you'll hear Alex on the radio. This is a previous time loopy Alex who says, Alex, don't come to the Island. Yeah, that happened. Go home. Okay. And then Alex says, Hey, maybe we shouldn't do this and let's just go get pizzas instead and go back to Ren's and watch a movie. And at that point, Jonas is also there, but they keep it ambiguous to whether he is your stepbrother or he is Ren's friend. And then the game just ends again. And honestly, I guess I'm okay with it. I I watched some criticism that talked about how that's a really nice moment because it tells you that the game can never, that, that real life isn't, there's no perfect ending to, to life. It just, it just doesn't work out. There's going to be bumps along the way. And even though this Alex was spared from, from going to the island and, and living this horrible thing over and over and over again, the previous Alex is still stuck there. And Alex had to be sacrificed to save this new Alex. And in fact, because of the looping thing, there's probably an infinite amount of previous Alex's that all did get stuck at the island to just 
allow this Alex going forward to not get stuck. Yeah, the the radio goes, you hear yourself, but nobody else does. They're like, oh, what are you talking about? We don't hear anything. And, oh, and okay. That's just kind of how like how it goes. In the true ending, in the true ending thing, Ren pipes up and goes, "Wow, what a great what a great joke! Way to get yourself on the radio." And and Alex says, "Like, no, nah, that wasn't me, but that's definitely my voice, and this is all weird. And let's just get a pizza instead." Huh. And that's that's kind of how it ends. But uh, yeah, so that's I guess that's about as positive as I can be yeah. <laughs> as we as we start to end the show. Is that I think there is something interesting about not allowing you to have a perfect ending even if i think they try to give you a perfect ending where your brother comes back to life and nothing nothing fucking makes sense in the game anymore uh, um i i had a problem with the ending in that like i i killed clarissa and then was talking to everyone on the boat and they're like what clarissa didn't come with us at all oh and, that's even worse yeah so it was like uh, okay, so like I talked to everyone just to make sure that, like one, like to make sure that everything was out in the open here. Like everyone agreed that Clarissa didn't come, and and then like you, I think it goes into like the the credits, and then it says like, oh yeah, we went next summer, sort of thing, and it kind of it shows that it's starting to loop again. Well, here's um, the photo of all of us on this boat. Oh well, I gotta go, gotta go. Like Ren's about to pull me into this island again. Yeah, Wait, like you go, you you go to or like, you decide not to go to college. I can't remember how it goes. Or like you go to college and then next summer you come back and you're gonna go to this party again. It just starts all over again. So what my problem with that was, it's not that I, I like what you're saying about there's no perfect ending in in real life sort of thing. That that makes sense to me. But what this ending that I got made me feel like. I sacrificed Clarissa for for no reason. Mm-hmm. She either like it, it was all just a dream, or it was like like it erased her from the memory of everyone else. Whatever the, whatever whatever the logic was behind it, it lessened the impact of that decision. It made the decision like it, it never happened, um, and therefore all of the the uh, the dialogue that I had, all this like relationship building that I had with all these characters, didn't matter either. And so I get to the end of it, and the loop just starts over again, and it, it does feel like the old TV trope of, like, the person waking up at the end of yep. the episode and being like, oh, it's all just a dream. Like, oh, thank God. Right. And it's just like, well, what, the, what did I put four hours into this for if it's not going to matter at all? I mean, to wrap a bow on, like, my experience, because I, I think it is still a bit more positive than what you guys had. Like, anytime, anytime you put relationships under a microscope, I'm pretty intrigued. And, yeah. like, for me, like... You know, throwing back like that coming of age period where shit was a little unclear at times. Like I appreciate that. Like the writing isn't the best, but I do appreciate navigating uh, relationships and kind of picking and choosing where where your thoughts go. I really liked the. This was my first uh, approach. Like the 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 speech bubbles being different colors and like picking those. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still liked the dialogue options and Firewatch a hell of a lot better. And then Night in the Woods, incredible incredible game. Uh, mechanically, there was some neat stuff with that, but overall, like the art and the audio engineering of the game, I thought was really well, well done. It's it's a half baked idea at the end of the day. Like there's a few pieces yeah. here that work well, but there's some stuff that held it back that other games got really, really right. Mm-hmm. 
totally. I agree. And, I agree. And I think there's there are things that I'm sure other games took from this game that yeah. that made made them better. Uh, and and I'm glad it's a game. I'm glad it's out there. Uh, it's especially not that bad when it's five dollars. Uh, twenty bucks is what it was normally, and that's not terrible. Yeah. It, it's yeah, I think I paid twenty. 20. <laughs> Uh, 15 or 20 but yeah playing it when it was on sale for five bucks not too bad um even though i felt like it was a little long i don't know for for a game that feels like it's made to encourage you to keep playing it multiple times through multiple time loops is that like the game is about time looping so it kind of wants you to play through a couple times to find the quote-unquote best ending uh it just it felt too long for me to and also it was because i wasn't enjoying a lot of it so of course i'm not going to want to play it again no matter how short it was but i still it still took me you know four or five sessions of sitting down and playing yeah. through that game uh, where i i kind of wanted it to be done quicker most I, negative I reviews i've seen say the exact time. same thing timing that's a big a big and, hold up and it's, an, it's the problem I also have with Night in the Woods. I think Night in the Woods is a, a very fascinating game. And in fact, it encourages multiple playthroughs because you can only talk to, you can only interact with characters on certain days mm -hmm. and you'll miss out on what the other characters were doing those days. So you should probably play it three, three times through so you can go down each character's path or go down how, however you did it. You can pick different characters different days. Uh, but you need to play that game three times before you could actually experience everything. That game felt pretty long to me in a in a period where like I I I would if it was shorter. I would if it was this was a two hour game. But it because it's a you know six hour game or something or maybe even a little bit longer. I just I don't want to invest the amount of time to do that all again. Sure, that's fair. <laughs> so oxen free. Uh, Mixed. <laughs> Mixed, yeah. No, and fair thing to say. I'm glad. I'm really glad we did this because I really did not like this game um, after we played it, and I was telling Chase that I like. I put a little. I, I have a list of all the games I've beaten for the last like five years, something like that, and put just like short notes. And it was one of my lowest reviewed games, like e even in those short notes. But now after talking through it. There is actually a lot more that I liked about this game, and and you're right to to your point, Chase. That like, I bet there are a lot of games that borrowed some of the really strong elements and saw what we saw, and then expanded out of them. So, um, yeah, no, this this game, this there's a lot more positives to Oxenfree than I initially thought when I sat down to do this podcast an hour and a half ago. Totally. I mean, and and it's it's something that happens with these with these podcasts that I because it's my show. Uh, and I pick the games, and and I find the guests to talk about those games with me, that more often than not, in fact, a vast majority of the time, it's about a game that I like. Uh, because why would I do a show on a game that I don't like? And I think this is the answer. The, the answer is because there's there's interesting things to pull out of games that we don't overall enjoy. There's, yeah. still, there's still something to talk about. It's still worth a discussion and and worth looking at like there, you you learn way more through bad games than you do about than you do through good games uh and and i'm glad to the same thing you said pierce i'm glad we had this show because it makes me look upon this game 
in a different light, and it makes me look upon all games in a different light. But sure. now I have this knowledge. So, Bobby, yeah. do you have any any final thoughts? No, yeah, I mean, I I'm so happy to be able to do this, and Pierce, you know, get to chat with you about it. You know, somebody I I have no information on before this. Chase, you and I get to hang out quite a bit, so I kind of know what pushes your. Would buttons. you say Pierce is like the Clarissa of our of our podcast here? Uh, that's, that's, you're the, okay, if I'm the Clarissa, you're definitely the Ren. Oh, I'm definitely the Ren, and I know that, and I I'll just be Jonas, I can either be really close or a related person, you just won't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine with that. No, uh, what I love about it is, is that, like, I've grown up playing games my entire life, and I remember, like, there would be, you finish a game one night, you go and wait before class starts the next day, and you're talking with your friends about it, and everybody gets impacted differently by things, like, my perception of this game has definitely waned over a period of time. Like it's gone down quite a bit because of other experiences. I think about this game in comparison to those though. And so it's interesting. And I think it's one of the reasons why I do a weekly gaming podcast is because I want to talk through what's going on with the games I'm playing. Not only because I want to be like told like you're wrong or I want to have my opinion changed, but I value other people's thoughts on it. And I think I do tell you you're wrong a lot. Quite often. A lot, (laughs) but it's something where it's just, it's the piece of gaming that I think it's really like, you know it, but it's hard to explain it. You know it when you're doing it, but it's hard to explain to other people. And and for me to have a show to do it on, but be able to come on as a guest with two guys and talk through it. um, Yeah. I mean, like I'm not going to finish my playthrough. I honestly fight it back up to get more in tune for this show, but um, I don't think I'll go through and play it over and over again. I'll tell you that much. Well, well, Bobby, because you're such a pro uh, who referenced this other podcast we have, I think it's probably about time to do some plugs. Bobby, would you like to tell the the <laughs> listeners of this fine podcast how to listen to our other fine podcast? Yeah, uh, we run a show called The Casual Hour. We have a website called thecasualhour.com. Uh, once a week we get together and talk about the games that we've been playing and then a topic at the end. Uh, usually it could be something like what is your Switch report card for the year which you might get a little preview for the next episode there um or it could be gaming soundtracks or i don't know just an extended period of what we've been doing but uh we are all over social networking at the casual hour on all of those um if you want to follow us we'd really appreciate it we're on every major podcasting platform and our website also allows you to listen to it if you want to do that very cool yeah we're we're just about to record i think we've got a show planned for tomorrow so we'll We'll get that there, and if you if you like hearing me at a more regular pace, that's definitely the way to do it. I, I mean, not everybody likes to hear me at a regular pace, but <laughs> sure, as Pierce said, I am definitely the rent of this podcast. <laughs> it sucks, but it's true. Um, but uh, Pierce, how about you? I know you don't have a podcast per se, but you you do play around in some gaming circles that I do tell about I do, the, yeah. tell the listeners. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PJ Corshane, um, and then come to PAX. I, I, obligatory, none of my opinions are reflective of PAX mm-hmm. uh, in this situation. Um, but yeah, no, we got PAX East coming up. It's going to be uh, real fun when you have to like talk to night school studios about their next game coming to PAX, the show floor. You know, go, I've, oh, I've had... I've had that thought before. Yeah, I've had that thought before. And I realized that no one listens to this podcast anyway. So (laughs) fair. Fair point. Uh, I'm hoping to go to PAX for the first time this year. 
Oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, if, I'm going to try to take up. Bobby with me. We're gonna we're gonna try to hit up Seattle this year. So we'll we'll see how that works. Definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, you're you're gearing up. Uh, this podcast will definitely come out way before East happens. Although East yeah. is rapidly approaching. Yeah, we we have East in uh, in like four weeks. I think it starts the fifth. Uh, there are four still days t- now. I know. It's why. It's a, why you, I why don't ask me. Like, I just I it's. It's you personally painful. Four days. This is a this is a painful period of PAX planning for like between four and six weeks out from the show. So anyway, we have Thursday and Sunday tickets left. Buy those up and um, yeah, and it, I hope to see you guys at West. Yeah, come on. Absolutely, I had a lot of fun at West last year, and that was my first time. And I will definitely be going back. And I'm kind of sad I'm missing East this year, but well, I'll make it. I'll get back to Boston occasionally. Um, as for this show that you're listening to right now, this is Gamers on the Go. You can find us at GamersOnTheGo.com. We are at G-O-T-G Podcast on Twitter. And those are the best ways to uh, to get in touch with us there. Oh, boy. This was fun. I, I yeah. like doing these shows, and I need to, to do them more often. I know that um, I've been bugging Pierce about different show ideas a lot, and... Someday we'll do that her story podcast. I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure it'll happen. <laughs> I want to do. I want to do more games that we are mixed on because this was fun. We're not just talking about how much we like. Well, you you have wanted to not play her story for a while, so that's a kind of mixed reaction. Oh, I'm kind of like the Paul Abdul. Like I like about everything that you put in front of me. So if you just want somebody to come on and dunk on, like I'll be that guy. <laughs> well. We also, we also, <laughs> also need to make sure to get Bobby back on uh, more often. I know having a podcast, uh, a regular podcast, yeah. and we kind of talk all the time that you're not, you're not, you're not top of the mind for this because it's like, oh, I know, like I already know Bobby's opinion on that game. He likes it. Cool. Fine. We're, we're done. He's easy. <laughs> um, but the listeners don't know. So maybe maybe it would be good to, to get you back on more often. Hey, this so, is great. Anytime. I'm, I'm always willing to come on. Yeah. Thank you both for, for doing that. And um, I think as for this show, I don't know what the next episode will be. I have a few ideas, a few irons in the fire, a few people that I have in mind for different shows. And uh, I will, will let you guys know as soon as I know. So thank you all for listening, and we will be back soon. Hey,